One, two, three, clap. I hit the microphone by accident. That was very accidental. <laughs> Everyone then was out of sync. It was not good at all. We all missed the clap. Hi, and welcome to Hey Buddy, Nice Podcast. Over there in Scotland, excited, excited about a guest is Brogan Hastings. And over there in Australia, excited about our guest also is Wayne Giovanazzi. But more importantly, we're excited because it's episode number 100. That's right, we went from episode 85 to 100. That was quick, wasn't it? <laughs> That's what makes sense when it actually posts. No, but... it makes sense. That's usually how my jokes go. Uh, but yeah, a yeah, very special guest uh, is... A, a lot of people thought that this person wasn't... Right, I say a lot of people. Some people think that this person isn't an actual real person. Mm. They, they do not believe in Matt Donnelly, but we do have the very real Matt Donnelly. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that uh, ChatGPT and AI art have advanced uh, to the mm-hmm. point where you could finally have Matt Donnelly, quote-unquote, on your pod, so it's good. That's it's right. Good. There, was, there was the air, air quote fingers going on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The very yep. real, definitely uh, not AI-generated Matt Donnelly. Yeah. Well, I, I'm because... so thrilled to be here because I, I, there's not a podcast that defends my honor as much as this podcast does. <laughs> I believe yeah. that. Yeah. I think yeah, I think I feel I feel like I'm captain of your defense squad. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. <laughs> Number one Matt Donnelly apologist. I feel like I is a lawyer. I'm in a safe place here. I'm I feel welcome. <laughs> but you do, do you know why people don't think you're real? Uh I don't. Because it's, uh, it's just when I encounter them it, it pretty much dispels it right away. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, it's because we've got listeners who don't listen to ICS. Right. And Hello, we, new people. We we talk about you. Sl- we, we pump you up so much as being this golden god among men. That's and oh, well, well, yeah. well, I guess we're I guess we're gonna break a lot of myths today. Then I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, we're breaking it down. Nope. Uh, nope. If, if the, Meet your I, heroes. I, I, I exist, and I'm a very flawed human being. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Matt Donnelly honestly, has done nothing wrong. No, no. This is why we're here today, Matt. We yeah. uh, we decided that we need to discuss your flaws. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a part of the process is self-identification. Uh, we're hoping that you're aware of some of your flaws oh sure yeah yeah you <laughs> can start with those for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, getting uncomfortably close to pod therapy uh, i don't per- like it, it is yeah we can start with just like light ones like procrastinating and, and disorganization uh maybe yeah. yeah well procrastinating you said you said call us at call, call you at episode 100 so yeah it was put off for a whole year until we were able to have like paul Paul Mattingly was on episode five, I think, right. of Hey Buddy yeah. Nice Podcast. He has no standards, but um, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I when I say call me episode one hundred, it's because I don't think you'll make a hundred. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, it's just, I yeah. just I think well, I, I think yeah. you'll only make seventy and quit. Because mm. you guys, you must have well, found this right. It is is harder than you think. Not podcasting itself is not hard. The action, the activity is not hard, but the actual no. maintaining a podcast is difficult. Oh yeah, uh, we well, we would not be where we are now if it wasn't for the fact that Wayne promotes everything. I show up, I record, and that's it. Wayne yeah, does yeah. everything yeah, else. It's uh, I Matt. I very much relate to you. I I am well aware. I know very much what it's like to be uh, second fiddle to a 
Paul Mattingly on a podcast. Because <laughs> everybody loves Brogan. Everybody, everybody loves Brogan. Oh, I love loves Brogan. Brogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. you too, yeah, Matt. Yeah. It's the heavy I'm lifting. <laughs> and Brogan doesn't wake up like on vacation on a Wednesday night and go like, oh, shit. I didn't upload the podcast and have to yeah. like wake up I the family s- and be like, I'm just typing in a corner. <laughs> Terrible episode summaries just to get yeah. it out there on time. <laughs> Brogan I, although, doesn't I'm, forget to. I do. Brogan I do doesn't get forget the, to beat. Ah, well, sorry. Okay. Ready. You go. You go. Okay, I do. I do get the and live does, oh stream. God. <laughs> I do get the live stream of Slaking telling me it's my up, it's my up, it's my up, it's my up. All the episodes oh, have dropped. Yeah. Let me know when to drop some Patreon. <laughs> I do have a gif of you that's like uh, Matt Donnelly dancing away while the scoops go mad, waiting for the episode. I know. I hate that feeling. I know. I never post it anymore because I'm like, no, it's. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to make Matt feel bad. Someone Slaking does. I can teach someone go else a bit to crazy, do it. Doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think that you were doing posting it yourself. I thought maybe you. I've always had some... done. A, I've always posted the episodes, and I used to when we had Lipson. Used to be able to easily do it from my phone because mm. uh, uh, Lipson just had an auto connect to Dropbox that was super convenient. This is what the listeners want oh, to hear. Wow. Um, yeah, but definitely. then we joined Cast, and they had all their little uploading sites, and none of those sites were intuitive on the phone where I could just immediately mm. connect Dropbox. I have to download it and then upload it uh, to yeah. their windows and so um yeah other fascinating questions give me a chat uh rss feed stuff i'm all here for it let's go <laughs> yep let's go well i have a question about I, I don't know if you want to or allowed to i don't about cast media something's going on like you know cause... i mean i can talk about it because i don't know anything um <laughs> oh, uh, no but i mean like you know uh yes i think by the time you this airs it already it, it just came out at the time of this recording, it just came out that basically Penn Gillette became a, a free agent of in the podcast mm, yeah. world. And in fact, if uh, if we didn't have a Patreon started for Penn Sunday School, Penn Sunday School would probably be at least taking a break, if not done. Yeah. Um, so I'm so lucky. Now, I just felt like this is the way I've seen every podcast network go. They always start off. They all say they're going to do great things. They all rely on the same advertisers. And then yeah. when the uh, economy hits certain slumps, those those advertisers go away. And then mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 they go, oh, shoot. You know, we, we owe a bunch of these podcasts a bunch of money and we can't pay them. So, oh, okay. you know, and so then uh, basically we're kind of like, well, you know, let's do that. And so, you know, we, we hopped over to Cast because it's the same thing that happened with the previous media company. Um, and then during the pandemic, I was like, wait a minute. I, you know, I, I, I didn't understand how well the government was going to provide all these different services for different people. And so I thought everything's going to go away. And so mm-hmm. I basically was like, we should start a Patreon because I thought Cast Media wouldn't make it through the pandemic. But it yeah. turns out, um, you know, so many businesses took so many different stimulus programs and stuff like that. that the advertising was actually through the roof uh, during all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was all for for not. But then it finally came around. And I was like, oh, I already had this plan in place. <laughs> I was already ready to rock this. <laughs> and you it's because ahead. like... Planning yeah. for the future. And I'm not going to lie. So I guess, you know, we can t- what we can talk about is that like, you know, uh, when all the cast stuff was kind of hitting the, the, the rumor mills and the news and that kind of stuff, um, Penn sent an email being like, well, we got to think long and hard about how we're going to handle this podcast. And I literally mm. had this like grieving period for like 24 hours because he, he put it out on, like a Saturday. We we're meeting on 
Pentecostal on Sunday, you know? Yeah. And I literally spent the whole Saturday, like, mourning the loss of it, you know? Mm. Uh, even, like, we did, like, I do, like, a family call on Sunday mornings. Um, we kept yep. that up since the pandemic. And I remember talking to my family about it, like, I think this might be the last Penn Sunday school I'm doing, you know? Uh, yeah. And I was really sad. I was, like, so sad about it. Um, because... Penn is one of the most fascinating human beings on the planet mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and also hilarious. And mm -hmm. so like to have an, a, a weekly appointment that I get to sit down and joke around with Penn is like the, one of the coolest aspects of my life. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you know, like I've been fortunate enough to like be part of the, now I'm part of the Penn and Teller show from an advisory perspective and that kind of stuff. And so I would still be around him more it wasn't like mm. when we first did the, you know, when I first was the Discovery Channel TV show, I was like around Penn and Teller in an intense environment, making all these episodes for the Discovery Channel, and then it was just over. And then I just wasn't around Penn at yeah. all, you know, until the podcast came around. And so, like, that was like such a, uh, you know, and it's that's like regular show business. I'm just being a um, open hearted, sensitive guy, I guess. But like, you know, you work mm. when you work on a movie or you work on a project or whatever, you, 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 you spend all these intense hours and then it's like over, you know? Mm -hmm. mm. Um, and so, you know, it's, I just was like, that's, that's show business, but I personally just loved hanging out with Ben, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, it's not like it's yeah. just, it's not a job. You're hanging out with your, your buddy. Yeah. And having a good it. time chatting. Yeah. 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 Mm. And, and so, I mean, we don't get paid for our podcast, really. Well, we do now with Patreon. <laughs> thank, thank you, patrons. But that's what it, this is for us. It's just hanging out, having a chat with a cool person. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And then that's what makes podcasting awesome. That's what makes listening to podcasts awesome is you just want to hang. You want to mm -hmm. hang. You want a good hang yeah. in yeah. the car. You know, like I have certain sports podcasters I listen to. Where I was like, maybe I don't even want to meet them. You know, like maybe they might be like pricks <laughs> yeah. in real life. But like the way they <laughs> yeah. make fun of what's happening in the NBA or the NFL, like I just like that so much uh, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I just like laughing in the car, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and I think like and then we had the, the meeting was Penn was like, well, if we're not part of cast media i liked when we did pendant sunday school as one episode instead of two and that was this big move and like all the things i had laundry listed like ready to like make the podcast survive yeah. i arrived early to like talk to ready rich to make sure we were on the same page about it like yeah i was like i want to fight for this thing to live and then Penn's like what if we just do once a week and I'm like, cool. Ready's like, cool. And I was like, great. That was the meeting, you know. Like, <laughs> End of meeting. I was like, I was like crying yesterday in the parking lot of a grocery uh, store, you know. Like, <laughs> so what, what, what was on the top of your list to save Penn Sunday School? Uh, that it doesn't. That we can take months off, and that we don't. And that we yep. can take. That we can take time off. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. just have fun with the fact that we're taking time off, which was also yeah. true and also what we're doing. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, that we could take time off and figure that out, that we could run on different days, you know, all kinds of mm. different stuff, uh, that we could do it for a small amount of time, you know. Yeah. Podcasts have changed, changed a lot, you know. Um, but then Ready Rich was like talking about like, it's not about the podcast listeners, about Penn. Like Penn likes, yeah. uh, he likes patterns so mm. like the idea of like only doing it for a certain amount of time does doesn't entice him at all so yeah uh but yeah th i think those are the two two main things um okay yeah i like deep questions yeah, like it's... why do you want a podcast that kind of stuff <laughs> uh, uh okay i'm gonna cut that out and i'm gonna say matt 
I've got a deep question for you. Mm-hmm. Why do you, why do you, what, what drives you to podcasts, to be a podcaster? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know anymore. Uh, except okay, that I, cool. Except that Moving I am, on. I am uh, one. No, for, 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 for Penn, it was a more fascinating question because he was a pundit when he started, you know. He was, mm. they were still doing, they just finished bullshit. He was still going on air as a libertarian talking head on news shows and stuff. And we talked about current events. Uh, you know, yeah. and in fact, like the old prep for the Penn Sunday School is like, what what rants or statements did he make about current events on his Facebook page that I can just <laughs> remind him of Sunday morning? Yeah, you know, and since then, you know, becoming a vegan, more of a peaceful hippie, mm. hating current events, yeah. hating talking about Trump, getting off of Facebook, you know, becoming much more private. And I was kind of like, he really doesn't need this like the way he used to, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the he, the David Seagal episode was v- very much felt like a early years Sunday school. Yes, yeah, yeah. And for for, yeah. for listeners, uh, the New York Times of all the papers, the paper that I, we we we've mm. read the most and defended uh, as, a, yeah. as a good good source of journalism, put out this bizarre, like <laughs> like uh, publicist's wet dream uh, article mm. on Uri Geller who most people thought of as a figure of the past, you know? Yeah. It was fucking bizarre. It was bizarre. And Eric Geller trying to make himself sound contemporary because he spent <laughs> all his money on the museum. And the article made it sound like that was altruistic. Like if I opened <laughs> yeah. up a freaking... If I opened up my house, it was like, Matt's house is now open for business. People yeah. like, what a service he's done for the community. <laughs> That'd uh, be $20. Yeah, like it was bizarre. So bizarre. And so... Mm. Uh, Penn did an epic takedown of every aspect of the article. Yeah. It was I watched that school. live stream. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and it's one of those things where like, because like when he rants, it's like, like I was upset, but when he's upset, it's so much better, you know? Oh yeah. 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 There's so many times where I come in where I'm like, yeah. maybe he'll be upset about this and they'll go, you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. And I'm like, damn it. That means my points, <laughs> that means my points will have to be my own and not vetted through oh, Penn. No. Yeah. He's such, a, he's such a better thinker, you know? You're like, <laughs> I want him to go through it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, and a lot of people really liked that episode. And it felt like old school bullshit style yeah. pen takedowns, and it was mm-hmm. needed. It was a really, really weird article. Um, and so yeah. close to World's Greatest Con as well, where it was like, I, yeah. it made me wonder if that. It felt like a direct was... response to it. Yeah. To me. Yeah. 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 So if you if you don't know what we're talking about at all, definitely go check out World's Greatest Con. It's a fantastic place. Season three is amazing. Mm-hmm. Great story. Fascinating story. And a great takedown on uh, kind of great warts and all. What I love about it is a great warts and all. Um, it's not one sided. It's a real like, hey, everyone mm. participate in this battle of skepticism uh, versus mm. you know trying to lie to the world. But everyone got dirty because of it. Everyone. Everyone was yeah. the asshole. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still a fascinating story, in that, and that's why I loved about it so much. That it's such a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But why so do I you, podcast? You mentioned- Wayne? <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 what I asked. I think I, uh, we're not here to talk to talk about pen. Uh, um, we're here to talk about what drives you. And uh, actually, no, let's talk about pen. Um, so <laughs> uh, no, because you did mention you your you start your start your first working with Penn and Teller project was Penn and Teller Tell a Lie on Discovery Channel. Yes. Yeah. 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 And. 
I believe that it was uh, your wife who knew Penn before you. Is that correct? No. Uh, no? No, but uh, my wife does play a, a role in the story. Uh, I forget. What is the cursing level of this podcast? I forget. Oh, you can say <laughs> anything except for cunt. Okay, great. So, yeah. um, just just checking. Do you remember what that word you're not allowed to say is? Cunt. <laughs> good. Okay, good. That's it. Cool. Cool. All right, good. Yeah. Um, no, no. Uh, so, like, basically, like, I was around Penn because of his wife, not my wife. Um, but uh, basically, I moved to oh, town. Yes, yeah. And my and wherever his wife went to see a, a comedy show, I was in that comedy show. So she's like, "Who are you? <laughs> and why have you popped up everywhere?" Yeah. Um, and Why are so, you stalking me? <laughs> and she asked me to MC a poker tournament, a uh, charity poker mm. tournament, where I'd interview celebrities at poker tables and stuff. And so yep. um, we just hit it off. And then her husband was in shows every night and my wife was in shows every night. So we called ourselves show yep. widows and we went around to different things together all the time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she produced my first show here in town. Uh, mm -hmm. She helped me pick out my engagement ring for, for my wife. Uh, Emily Jellett was an amazing force of nature uh, in my world. Um, but as always, when someone, when your wife loves something so much, you, you tend to not, right? So, hmm. uh, Penn did not like me when I first was around <laughs> that. Uh, and but, I always but, said, but like. But he did also, isn't, isn't Sarah in, or was in the No God Band? Yes, that all came later. But yeah, Sarah's in the No God Band. Okay. She sings so on it's the fine theme. with your wife, but not with you. Again, at this stage, just go ahead and make it analogous to anyone else. That's the way it would work. <laughs> I always talked about like if my wife suddenly was like loved hanging out with a slam poetry person who is 20 years younger than me uh, yeah. and just did everything all the time with this slam poet. I would not be in that slam poet, but if that slam poet brought around his girlfriend or wife and she was nice. I would probably hang out with her. Um, so that's exactly what was happening in, in the world cool. with, with uh, Penn and I. Uh, but then I kept going to movie night at his house. He was Penn, Penn was mm. at the one thing where he's just generous, where he would invite everybody over to his house. Anyone who heard about movie night could go to his, his house, eat popcorn, and you make fun of a movie or whatever. And so I slowly started to win him over uh, by being a consistent movie night person. Yep. Um, and then I heard about the Discovery Channel show, and I was like, I'm going to ask the intern on that show. And I was like, hey, I the, the note is like, hey, I, I know... Uh, I've been, you know, basically before we moved to Vegas, we were going to move to LA, uh, in New York, I was trying desperately to work on TV shows. I haven't worked on a show like this, but I'm just desperate to get any kind of TV credit because I'm still going out to LA mm -hmm. all the time. And so I would love to intern in any capacity. I'll pick you guys up. I'll get you coffee. I will do anything just to simply be around this show totally free. And then I wrote, um, I, I will, I will blow you or tell her or whoever you point out. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife read the email and be like before you send it can I read it and I said sure and she's like why, why don't you take that last part out only because they might actually make you blow someone if you send it okay so it was just the or anyone you point to part right <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. it was still pen or teller yeah 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 that's still yeah. I mean, that's still on the table um, yeah yeah <laughs> And so, yeah, so or I, under the table, I got the internship and I did exactly that. I drove around, uh, you know, like we kept meet, we, the first place we met didn't have Wi Fi, so we couldn't share files with each other. Yeah. So after everyone left, I went up and down 
the road in between Teller and Penn's house to every single restaurant and and got Wi-Fi <laughs> of every single place that had Wi-Fi oh, between wow. Teller and Penn's house and came home and emailed it out to everyone being like, hey, if we want to meet at any of these restaurants, I have the Wi-Fi password for this. Uh, <laughs> that is so, dedication. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that that worked. And then uh, uh, and so then they were happy with me being on the, 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 uh, the deal, uh, the, the show. And then there's like little funny things. I remember learning like you write, if you write some kind of physical activity that's bizarre, like getting in the dunk tank or a pond or whatever, uh, that's for Teller, not Penn. Mm-hmm. Penn doesn't do yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't, yeah, yeah. you don't do that. Um, one of the, yeah. f- and then basically because I was funny, they let me start writing jokes about six weeks in Penn said, why don't we let Matt take passes on scripts? And then I got so nervous when that happened that I, yeah. I literally just shut my computer like as if it didn't happen. <laughs> And I went, and I went to the gym, and I just worked out in sweat for like an hour before I could even yeah. pretend to approach writing jokes for Penn and Teller on their scripts mm-hmm. and passing it to them for them to read. Um, but uh, it went well. They kept they kept a, a, a few of my jokes, and then and they hired me. So that's how it started. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'd heard that full story before. Yeah, I don't always talk uh, about the line about I'd blow you, and then my wife deleted the email. I yeah. kind of don't. You've part. told it on Penn Sunday School because I remember hearing that and it's one of my yeah. favourite stories I think you've ever told. <laughs> and I think when you were talking about getting an apprentice or that guy asking you about being an apprentice, yeah. I typed up the email that you said with the exact yeah. same line asking to be your apprentice. I never actually <laughs> said it. <laughs> That's the biggest running yeah. joke about my magic shows uh, is people coming yeah. up and asking to be my apprentice afterward. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, I'm touring Foolers Live. Go to foolerslive.com. Check out my tour. That's why I came on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, we love go, and support Matt Donnelly on this podcast. Yeah. Go and love and support Matt Donnelly. And even if you don't like, even if you don't live in America, sign up, get the emails, and that way they can start seeing like, oh my gosh, all these all these people in the in the UK and other places mm-hmm. in Australia, they wanna they wanna they they're signing up. We should maybe go there. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm hoping yeah. it'll yeah. happen. That would be so good because we'll I was talking to my yeah. mom the other day. Uh, and I said, oh, I'm speaking to Matt. And obviously with Mox coming over to Edinburgh, mom said, is Matt coming over too? And I went, no. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I want to go so badly. And I really got pumped up to go that one year. And then um, what's his name from the Wrong Boys? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. I, I genuinely can't watch any of the Wrong Boys stuff because I'm still pissed yeah. off about that. <laughs> oh, don't be pissed off. Henry Lewis is a genius and he's a very I know, good guy. I but still. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and if magic goes wrong, ever were to come to the States, then I would be a, a, a shoe yeah. in to at least audition for Henry Lewis's part. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, 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 but I still want to go. I mean, the main reason actually isn't the Hen- the Henry Lewis thing was a was a was a certainly a kick in the shins for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, is that my kid's school? I live in Nevada, and for some reason, even though it's still 110 in August, <laughs> that's when they start school. Mm-hmm. So right now, like my kids are still young enough that like me being around for the first week of school and stuff is pretty important. So yeah. um, they're they're gonna age, I think. Um, <laughs> they're gonna age. <laughs> So I'm going to pull off Edinburgh in, a, in one of these years. I'm going to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll get out there. And then off the back of that, you've got the uh, the Perth Comedy Festival as well. You got, yeah, I got to go over to Perth. Got to get going yeah. on. Uh, if yeah. anybody knows how to sponsor these things, I'm I'm definitely available to go. <laughs> when is the Perth yeah, one? Well, that probably doesn't interfere with my kid's school. Uh, right now, I couldn't tell you offhand, yeah, but you uh, I'll look it up and I'll let you know. All right. And look, if you... I mean, if Mel- TV Melbourne, has taught Melbourne, me anything. Melbourne Comedy Festival is the one that I've been trying to figure out. 
Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne's probably the, the big one. Yeah that's, yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. That's Perth is can... very small and yeah. not worth coming to. It was just <laughs> self-serving for my... If I could clean up on awards, it is worth going. I could, if I could just... <laughs> yeah, okay. If it's so small yeah. that I could I could get a lot of good press and, and awards, then it's worth yeah. doing. <laughs> but then again, the press in WA, it's, again, very small, not much. Uh, but you can use it. You can put on, on your website, winner yeah. of uh, mm-hmm. Best Magic Talent at... Perth Comedy Festival. You should see the pathetic things I put on now. So forget it. I think I think <laughs> yeah. still, Perth would still be an upgrade compared to the accolades I scrape off of the internet and slap onto my website yeah. now. Um, so uh, best comedy podcast 2016 is exactly. It? I keep trying yeah. to leave the 2016 yeah. part off because it's just yeah. it's just getting getting old. Yeah. You just need a sticker uh, to cover that bit on the plaque. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, of the 2000s, uh, I should try to find it. Just, yeah. just, yeah. just do that. Yes. Mm. Of, of the late 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> Number one comedy podcast in our hearts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so something new that is for Brogan and I is uh, what we like to call our strange and privileged life. Ah. Where mm. we're st- just through doing art, basically, we've yeah. started to make connections with people a lot of people in vegas who we feel like probably shouldn't have had a right to to even (laughs) talk to on twitter let alone potentially call friends right Uh, Mm -hmm. so my question to you is you know a a lot of celebrities i guess and Mm -hmm. people in showbiz yeah 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 does it ever start to get less awkward (laughs) for for you as as the uh, as the outsider, I guess. As the Penn and Taylor Nepal baby. As as a, <laughs> I'd say like no like first is like a lot of a lot you know I did a lot I spent a lot of time in New York and mm-hmm. a lot of the people I did stuff with did shows with and 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 performed in the same theater as a lot of them went on to do bigger and better things and if anything that mm. question reminds me of like basically it was more. Um, I'm embarrassed, you know, like I remember when I first moved to Vegas, I basically wrote every famous friend on a piece of paper as a pitch document for like, if you give me an improv mm. show, I'll get these people to all come out to Vegas for yeah. a weekend and win a casino, want to fly these people out and all this other stuff. And, um, and the casinos didn't really go that crazy for it. And then when I started asking yeah. my friends to do it, a lot of them were like, Oh, maybe, or I don't know, or no. uh, like they weren't just that interested in it. And then looking back at the time I was kind of like hey we're friends and this is it's for this purpose like so we can help each other out kind of thing and I remember being very mm. kind of um, angry and bitter and even lost friends uh, wow. actually because of it because uh, uh, I was so like I, th- I thought I thought we were closer or I thought they want to do it and that kind of stuff and now yeah. I'm so embarrassed like it's just you when you run into now when I run into my friends from that era who are still on TV or, or, or still you know whatever um employed in some higher rungs of entertainment i just want to so badly get past the bullshitty barriers you know and be like we can just mm. talk now as present people you know mm-hmm. yeah um and i find like being a dad and them if they're if they have children like that makes it like that happens fast you know yeah. even, even when like it was so awkward i got brought backstage after i was in wayne brady's show in the on the, uh, mm. at the venetian and then wayne brady packed up that show and left uh, and went back to LA and I was one of the many people laid off and 
yeah. I was in this weird spot where he always has his comedy partner Jonathan and still performs to Jonathan before and still performs to Jonathan now I was just yeah. this weird experimental thing that happened where like everyone else was either a, a dancer or a musician I was the only like guy who shared the stage with Wayne and Jonathan as an improviser yeah. and then he basically was like and and that's done forever you know and then you know he's coming to town I, I don't know whether I should reach out try to stay in touch and again I'm trying to not do what I just described right and yep. so um, uh, we go backstage and at the time I was working on the Penn and Teller uh, TV show so I was basically just trying to be like hey I've already moved on to other things that are paying me so this isn't like you you know I don't, I don't need anything from yeah. you kind of thing uh, and he was trying to just gonna be pleasant or whatever but then we both started talking about our kids and then boom like the yeah. barrier fell and then, then Wayne and I just talked to each other dad to dad and mm. it was so no bullshit it was so nice um, so much so that like because uh, uh, Penn's wife Emily is still in touch with him and so he'll still come to town do shows and Emily's like Wayne's in town should yeah. we go and I'm like no I had closure <laughs> you know like I don't think it's a relationship that will ever heat back up I think it, it was mm. a, an experiment yeah. that cooled I get it, you know. I work with Penn and Teller now. I know it's like to hit it off with people, and and that's not how I felt there at that show. I didn't feel like we were hitting <laughs> yeah. it off, and and I was destined to be part of this, make that duo into a trio. Let's let's roll, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, we got that closure, and that was nice. So I think it's so important now. Uh, what I didn't understand when you when you really are trying to just get into to any kind of element of show business, you think that someone's made it, and therefore they can. Uh, immediately like extend their wings and, and bring other people under under and, and help and that kind of stuff and you don't realize is is that everybody's still always uh, desperate and thinks it can all fall apart at any moment mm. and everyone thinks yeah. that the, it can be over in a second and everyone is still being screwed over on one deal or one gig or or, or was going to do something super big that fell apart you know yeah. and so you just realize that every, it's, it's still no matter how much money you're making it's, show business is always just an insecure mess uh, mm -hmm. And so you basically have learned when I run into my friends who are maybe more uh, notorious or whatever, just to leave them be. If they want to talk, great. <laughs> if they don't want to talk, fine. Uh, it's yeah. okay. And I don't think I'm going to end up with any kind of pursuit where we're going to have to cross paths anymore. Um, yeah. And that's okay. Um, and it, that's really what's been the coolest part about turning to podcasting and magic is that you don't need fame to make some money at it you know yeah. yeah fame can help but in comedy you have to be f uh famous or attached to something with fame to make money to make living money mm. yeah. um it's very hard to scrape it out as a headliner no one's heard of you know that's not gonna last very long and doing yeah. you know open and mids for people doesn't pay and then there's such a fraternal hierarchy to comedy clubs and everything else like so your only other choice is to try to write and if you're going to write, you got to write for somebody who's got something going on. Otherwise, you're writing yeah. for it's it's a, so. Then you get into the magic of variety arts. There, you know, there are plenty of places where you can do magic and make a little bit of money. You know, yeah. yeah. And we, you've just wrapped up a tour. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just did. I just went to yeah. uh, seven cities of seven th things. Like the most I played to was 250. I uh, I played to one venue. There's 28 people, quote unquote, sold out. Uh, yeah. This little side of the road <laughs> station where they turned this like <laughs> catering room in a restaurant into a magic theater. Uh, on, yeah. And I played it, and it was super fun. And that paid a lot better than a lot of improv shows I've done. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> And I always say, like, you're not going to go to, like, some fake antique store and find a key and open the door and there's a stand-up 
comedian waiting for you to do a private show, you know, yeah. uh, that doesn't feel like a business model, but that does work with magic, you know, yeah. or if you're at a very a good cocktail event, I'm not going to go table to table being like, anyone hear a joke? Anybody want to hear a joke? You know, <laughs> but if I go around shuffling cards, I can do that. You know, there's just the yeah. variety are so different than, than the mainstream arts, uh, that way. Yeah. And as I'm getting older, that's so much more comforting than the idea of trying to somewhat make it or be famous. Mm. Um, it's, mm. it, it feels more in balance with me just trying to keep, keep my family on the level um, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, my, kid, my son always be like, you're famous, uh, yeah. you know, when I talk about these things. And I'm always like, hey, when we're out to dinner, has anyone ever interrupted our dinner? to talk to me or take a picture with me and he goes no and I go and I'm not famous because <laughs> that's all that because uh, when you're older that's the only thing that fame means fame means is having your dinners interrupted <laughs> while you're talking note next time well, in that, Vegas interrupt Matt's dinner exactly, only with my son yeah. if it's not with my son <laughs> only, that doesn't count yeah, yeah. <laughs> only with son only with my yeah. son uh, do, do you consider podcasting almost in the same lane as variety arts I do I do because people will be turned onto a podcast without fame, mm. you know, and in yep. fact, even like the celebrity guest thing is something that we really tried to do early in the ice cream social days. And boy, did people not care. And they just want us to joke around. So like that became like our mm. standard and that continues to be our standard. We're like, as long as they can joke around, as long as they can bust balls. So if I'm vetting yeah. someone like the other day, I was out, I was out east back in Maryland and um, we, uh, my brother took us out on his boat on the Chesapeake Bay. He's beautiful. He pulled into town and we met this like guy who runs a small business, but he was a good talker, right? Mm-hmm. And he's also like this alternative health guy. Like he's like a cave, like he believed in like caveman stuff and using cave tools and <laughs> yeah. all this other mm-hmm. crazy stuff. He has this book called Eat Like a Human was his thing. And it's all kinds of crazy stuff where he believes you should ferment all of your own vegetables in your own jars and stuff. All this crazy stuff. <laughs> But he turned so up, he said, he said the potato kombucha. chips. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, the potato chips you're eating, we're like, these are the most delicious, light and fluffy potato chips I've ever had. He goes, those are fermented potatoes we used, you know, and we <laughs> cooked them in tallow or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just said, like, why ferment potatoes? And he sat down and started telling me those engaging thing about the history of potatoes and the com- compounds, whatever. Yeah. But then I start busting his balls a little bit while he's talking and he just rolls with it and he laughs. And then I go like, are you ever in Vegas? Because I was like, great. You're an awesome storyteller. <laughs> yeah. You're passionate. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Can you take busting balls? Great. Okay, great. Then yes, let's get you in the studio. And no one will have ever heard of you or whatever. They might, some people might have saw his National Geographic show. Great. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I just want, like if I can, someone can tell compelling stories and fuck around. Like that's all our listeners want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like yeah. when you talk about like why be a podcaster is because I provide a service. It's a service industry and people, and you, you are eliminating uh, boredom and loneliness uh, yeah. and, and at times where people would feel that way. So whether they're in their car, at the gym, walking a dog, washing dishes, that kind of stuff, like that's mm-hmm. where you're spending time with people. And I think it's such a value. I think it's, I think it's so valuable. I think it's like crazy valuable. I think it's so much value, so much more valuable than watch the time you spend watching Netflix or sitting down to watch TV where you're like, yeah. I'm going to do this thing. But when you catch them mm-hmm. in their casual periods and can provide some conversation and fun for them, I think that's incredible. And I did not understand that when I got into it, but I did start to understand mm-hmm. it as as we got into it. And that to me is so cool, you know? And yeah. so like I just did this little magic tour and yes, a ton of podcast listeners came out to these shows, you know? 
and all of them like come up and they're like and the the, fa- the look on their faces like hey you know me we know each other and and I have seen them you know some people I had seen more than once or whatever but the look on their face is not one of like hey I saw you a couple times at a show or I saw you or I've been to Scoop Fest once it was like hey Matt like you're my you're, friend you're hey buddy how are you <laughs> you know yeah and that and I don't want to crush that I don't want to spoil that because on there, there's there it is true. Like it, mm-hmm. everything on their end would pass a an affidavit, right? They'd be like, "Oh, you know Matt," and they could ask them a ton of questions. And they would get all those questions right, yeah. you know. Yeah, and they would know all the yeah. stories and stuff like that. And so, um, even like talking about tricks on you know my Average of Apple podcast, people are like, "Oh, I heard about these tricks. They're so cool to see them," you know. Like, and like that, that's mm-hmm. the power of doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting. It's 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 what I want. So I yeah. I, I think it is it is uh, it is powerful to be in that that space with people um and i don't i don't want to take it for granted or think that it's not or think that's not great because i'm not famous i don't i don't want to score myself that way so Mm. i I enjoy being able to spend time with my children live in my house uh enjoy my privilege uh by being a a a moderately successful podcaster and a moderately successful magician yeah uh it, it is it is strange um because you you talk about uh, providing the service for for listeners, and uh, me and Brogan only start off as listeners uh, yeah. to podcasts. But I did and, too. Uh, yeah, and it it is that same experience where it's like yeah, like it, it's the casual time that you're listening to when you might have been alone or something else, yeah. and it's something there for you to listen to. But it it almost sort of doesn't necessarily click at that time as a listener but now that we're doing our own podcast and seeing people react to that and say um hey it's it's good to to listen to you two having a chat um while i'm doing nothing basically it's 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 very weird it's similar with my comics sometimes like sometimes i think i'm kind of bored of drawing comics but then I think there's been a, more than one occasion where someone has left a comment on a comic saying, oh, I was having a shitty day today and then I read your comic and it made me laugh and it's a little bit better. So it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. I, I, yeah. So I'm glad that you said, yes, you do see podcasts sort of on the same level as like variety arts because yeah, mm. it is a service and it is a form of art still really. Yeah. yeah. And to get sentimental, I mean, podcasts change lives certainly changed my life for the better i wouldn't be mm. here doing what i do i you know i i it was very likely i might have ended up a recluse i'll be honest <laughs> but then i went to vegas for scoop fest and my mom's like yeah i don't worry about you anymore your friends are real <laughs> yeah. oh that's really amazing that's so sweet <laughs> yeah no like but i then like, again uh, go uh at, at scoop fest uh 2020 what was the last scoop fest 2020 One. Two, two? 21, two, whatever it was, our first Scoop Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, it wasn't the first time I'd met. It was you, 2016, Paul and, and we Jacob. just crossed the letters out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it wasn't the first time I'd met you, but it was still uh, the first Scoop event I'd been to, um, and with Brogan, uh, sort of still very much a stranger to me. We were both kind of having the same reaction on the level of when we were hanging out at McMullen's and it's like, holy shit, we're like sitting with Matt Donnelly right now having conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like, and it's like, 
<laughs> very much getting that. <laughs> in, in, having a drink with Matt Donnelly and Irish Dad, what a rare kitschy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Donnelly. Yeah, that imagine. is genuinely what we were like. It's like this yeah. seat is safe but, for Matt Donnelly. Oh my God, yeah, it's Matt right. Donnelly. We, we, were, we were making plans on how to get Matt to stay at our table. Like one, one night, Brogan was like, I'm going to have a drink ready for him right there. And I was like, That's a make good sure it's that. Make sure oh, it's works. neat. I, yeah, not yeah. not on the rocks because we don't know when he's arriving. The ice might melt and we'll weaken the drink. He might not like that. We can go get a glass of ice and if he wants it on the rocks, it's perfect. <laughs> we'll get Irish nachos. It'll be great. Yep. Yeah. So my, my standards for both food and drinks are much lower <laughs> than what you guys are describing. <laughs> Noted, but now I feel like it doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's no, true. It's also very You're much... Over me. Um, uh, for me, it was... Uh, it, it took a, a little while for me to get over. Uh, I'm shooting the shit. I'm. I. I just made Matt laugh at something that I, I said. I. I relate. You know. Uh, even when I was co-hosting Penn Sunday School in the early days, um, and certainly at movie night when I went from being ignored to embraced uh, comedically. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. Uh. I would bring up Penn's stories all the time. Like I would tell stories mm-hmm. and I would just be telling them all week, you know, because it was the most, yep. there's fascinating in my head kind of thing. And, um, uh, someone said like, Oh, you really hang out with him, huh? And I was like, I do. And like, you guys are yeah. becoming friends. I go, no, friends don't remember <laughs> the exact times they've made their other friend laugh and like have like yeah. a mental, <laughs> like the first like 10 times I made Penn laugh. I was like, it was this joke this time yeah. about this thing uh yeah. I, I was very much cognizant of it so i understand that feeling um but mm. i'm glad to also get to much more casual space with you as uh as <laughs> yeah. that is ridiculous for me to have that space but yeah. um no i mean this is like i like for example like this christmas i finally asked for a bluetooth speaker and it was a mm. move that can carry my book bag when i travel and also when i'm home because i realized downtime i don't want to flip tv anymore I'd, if, if the house is empty yeah. i'll play a podcast instead of mm-hmm. put on tv and specifically like my wife uh she works in a circus uh and uh she is out at night so i have to do dishes all the time and i hate yeah. doing dishes so much if i do if i do dishes for up to five minutes i can do it if it takes like five minutes and two seconds i am irate i just hate doing dishes so- for a long time but I is this Bluetooth by hand speaker. or loading a dishwasher? I do it by tongue. I'm like a dog. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. That uh, makes sense. You know, scrubbing it off before I put it in the dishwasher. Maybe I over-scrub. Yeah, yeah. I basically do make them completely yeah. clean and put them in the dishwasher for redundancy purposes. Yeah. Um, which I guess is good for the environment. Probably not. But um, I, got, I put the, pulled out the Bluetooth speaker, started playing podcasts while doing dishes, and it was like, oh, this is great. I'm just going to do that. Uh, I could do like dishes it, for hours I could do listening for, to this. Uh, Twenty Sweet minutes three times. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, and I run into that where like I'll listen to like Justin Robert Young's political podcast, and like mm-hmm. while I'm doing dishes, I almost go to text him. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do, I can't do that thing, because friends who listen to the my pods just text me like with no context, just text me like, <laughs> I was like, whatever happened to that baby? And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's what's going why on. I'm <laughs> That is why I have to watch the Penn Sunday School live stream so I can text you in context. That is true. You do tend to do that, and I do yeah. uh, get it there that way. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you never found mm. that toaster, right? I'm still looking. I do have yeah. alerts on my phone looking for this fucking toaster. 
What, what did, did you lose a toaster, Brogan? <laughs> How do you misplace a toaster? Pen, Pen is looking for the toaster the, that the Beatles, the Beatles had. The Beatles toaster. Oh, this is another donkey hat situation. <laughs> it is another donkey hat situation. Uh, and again, your listeners don't know about. I don't. We gave context by giving them less context. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pen, but Penny's have a donkey hat. He described it. People try to track it down. No one ever found the right hat. That hat is yep. gone. This toaster the Beatles used, it's of course from the 60s. It's likely all yeah. just gone. But, yeah. uh, do, you, do you want to know how far I got? I, I actually emailed Morphe Richards did you really? directly. I did. And I said, hi, I'm looking for a thing for a friend of mine. I, I would like to know what model of toasters y'all produced in the 60s, specifically the one used by the Beatles, if you can tell me that. And they said our records all burned in 2007. We don't have that record. So they would have told me if they had it. They genuinely, even Morphe nah, Richards nah, don't know. No, nah. yeah. That's what so, they want you to think. They, yeah. They're hiding these records from the public. They yeah. don't want anyone to know secret Secretly toaster. Secret of his Beatles <laughs> toast parties happening among the elites, yeah. left yep. and right. You know, yep. a oh, bunch of knighted people. It's so people annoying. Getting together it's with so their annoying. jams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I keep looking at like charity shops and well, vintage shops. If you wrote down the specs, because that that episode you can't find anymore. That episode was gone. That episode is gone. Is it really? Oh, was there <laughs> was there a broken NDA or something? Was there? Well, there was. That's the thing. Is like uh, of all the jokes, like we joke all the time when Penn is breaking NDAs on Penn Sunday School. Um, mm. But that one, he wasn't. He didn't sign NDA. He just took a private tour with someone who had a lot of oh. knowledge of events that were happening with the Beatles. And, mm. and, and, and so that episode went out and all of a sudden we just weren't allowed to be talking about the stuff we were talking about. Oh, no. uh, That's the episode so he gonna... talks about hanging out with me. What do you mean that doesn't exist? It's oh, good. what? Fuck. Really? I, I am Have actually you... gutted to hear that. <laughs> so oh, sorry. no. It won't be gone forever because in that podcast, <laughs> yeah. it's just basically describing an upcoming event. And I think oh, yeah. once that event that. takes place, then I think that episode can go back up. Okay. Okay. That I don't no. feel as bad about yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like I was you, wondering I'm... why I hadn't heard anything about Brogan's adventures with Penn. Yeah, oh no, it was, I... it was all it was all it was all in there. <laughs> For uh. the two seconds they talked about it. Because like you, Matt, I remember I didn't even make Penn laugh. I made him chuckle. Ah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Write it down in the journal. Exactly. Yeah. I bought pen a donut. My life is made. Yep. <laughs> Brogan messaged me at one point uh, <laughs> saying uh, something along the lines of, holy shit, I'm sitting in the back of an Uber with Pen Gillette right now. <laughs> and oh, then a- you proceeded to like lose your uh, AirPod in the ta- in the Uber. Uh, well, not only that, I, my, my AirPods, I now only have one. Oh, because... the amount of times I'm on a on, the amount of times I fly all the time now, and the amount of times I see AirPods just flying across <laughs> the aisles and behind people's seats yeah. and stuff. So it's, I I yeah. am a I am I'm a big headphone wearing traveler. I don't do. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, always I, these, always cans. I now yeah, have yeah. I now have cans only. The the yep. AirPods are now for work. Only. Are you gonna yeah. go to the fringe, Brogan? Of course, I, I have tickets for the first night. I am taking my mum and dad to the second night. I am taking my work friends to the week after. And I have tickets for the last night. Only for Moxie. Are there, I was going to say, are there other shows you're looking forward to seeing? I'll, probab- I'll probably go see a couple other shows. Because I know that uh, Colin Cloud's playing as well. I've never yeah. seen Colin Cloud. 
Yeah. So that'll be good. Yeah, he's uh, Mario, about that show. Yeah, yeah. It, and I'm I'm excited to see him because he is a good Scottish boy. So yes. that's that's awesome. Uh, and Mario the Maker Magician mm-hmm. has a show oh, out this yeah, way. Mario's there. And there should be there should be some good comedians as well. I'm I'm always sad now because I remember before I got into the whole magic thing, the way I used to walk to work uh, at my old job, there was this big pillar and it had a big Piff posted on it. Ah. When oh. Piff was doing the fringe. And I was like, who is this guy? And I I vividly remember it and I was like fascinated just with this poster. Never went to see him. Then got into magic and now Piff doesn't come to Edinburgh anymore. And I'm like, oh, no. fuck no, sake. no, no, no. Mm. So. He'll come back eventually, but it was uh, he, he basically, uh, yeah, like he said, like basically the English don't get as excited to see him as the Americans do. That's basically the way that goes. Piff, Piff, buddy, Edinburgh's in Scotland. The Scottish yeah. will love you. Yep. Come back. There we have go. penguin biscuits. Oh, man. <laughs> But yeah, I have uh, my friend Chris Grace doing a show out there, a one-person show, where he plays Scarlett Johansson playing him in a one-person show. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a homosexual gay Asian comedian. I said homosexual gay, didn't I? There you go. Yeah, that's you how, yeah, that's how qualified. That's how gay yeah. he is. Squared. Yeah. Uh, and then, do you guys know, my friends Rebecca are going out with her comedy partner doing a... Um, a two-person show with like a false motivation thing. But do you guys know Kate Nash, the musician Kate Nash? Yeah. She's producing that show. So you should go see Ooh. that show. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And and who's, who's the, whose show is this? I'm looking up. I'm looking up the name right now. Um, I just found another Kickstarter for them to go. I did. <laughs> yeah. Solely. I solely funded it <laughs> yeah. with my $50. I solely See, I, w- I was going to cut this part out just for when they listen and realize <laughs> that you don't remember their name, but because you said you funded their entire show, I'll leave it in. <laughs> it's called The Retreat. The Retreat. The Retreat. Yeah, Rebecca and yeah. Anne. Yeah, Rebecca and Anne. So it's a false business. It's a, it's a comedy show kind of based on them being business motivators. Ooh, okay. That sounds good. Yeah. I like stuff like that. I like... I like when it shows that other people recommend. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, yeah. to to see friends of friends. Yeah, a little vote. It's all, yeah. A yeah. Little, little vote. Yeah. And I this is what I we would call I don't know our... if they're playing Perth or not, uh, Wayne. So <laughs> no, I, I, I'll I find it. out. I'll yeah. find Nobody out. Nobody gives yeah. a shit about Perth. Perth yeah. Edinburgh's where's that? I, where's that? I live in Perth and I don't give a shit about <laughs> Perth. Uh, <laughs> this would be our unscheduled, unannounced ad break portion of the show where we... um pimp out just anyone's shows, things yeah. that they're doing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 i think ozzy wins shows are uh... running in new york no i'm just joking i'm trying to... <laughs> <laughs> random. Yeah. he's not coming to scoop fest we don't care about him yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um you should get mocks for scoop fest i will i'm very curious how mox is going to feel about performing after edinburgh Edinburgh. Yeah. Uh, Edinburgh. <laughs> you're, you're a, you and Penn are allowed to pronounce it wrong because I love you both. Thank you. It's all Ready Rich gets emails about. Um, I know. Tell, tell them. Tell them you have permission from a Scot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because the one show I did there, when it was over, we were like burnt out. Like we were kind of <laughs> like, yeah. let's not do that show for a little while. That was yeah. the uh, Neutrino video project, yeah, Neutrino was it? video where we did that, instant movies with people, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty high intensity show to be doing it for is. that amount of time. It is. 
And then yeah. we also, because it took, we, we, was, we were an eight-person group and it takes 13 people to run the show. And so we always <laughs> were easily recruiting friends in New York to do it. Or, mm. you know, when we traveled, getting other improv people to do it. Mm. But then we were in Edinburgh. We were trying to uh, find <laughs> other friends who are doing shows that want to do it. And they would want, and we were doing, yeah. you know, we're doing 29 shows in 30 days. So even oh. our friends who are doing other shows were like, well, I don't want to do your whole show. Like, I'll do it for a couple nights or I'll do it for, so we were yeah. always just recruiting left and right. One show I, I shot and edited myself, like I filmed myself, I did it like handheld doc style as one of the, yeah. it was a three branches, so one of the three branches was just me shooting and editing myself. Uh, not my strongest work, not my best work. Um, and then it was over, we're like, oh, we went back to New York and we're like, why do this again? Why bother? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but uh, so, so I, but you're right. It was technically intensive. So I, I don't think Mox will feel the same way mm. when they're done with their run. Mm. Um, I would mm. love if they were up for performing at Scoop Fest. So, of course, I will oh, invite them. Oh, it would be amazing. I, I have uh, hinted. When we were in London, I hinted to Mox. I was like, you should maybe talk to Matt about Scoop Fest, maybe, <laughs> possibly. I'm just pimping Mox out to everybody. I've said to Jobeth, yeah. get Mox. <laughs> I plan on riding Mox's coattail so I I I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, I gave I gave him uh, his first show in, in Vegas he did uh, he did and uh, I plan on just riding that out so that's mm. my that's my yeah. retirement plan is that <laughs> Penn and Teller can't live forever but Mox will <laughs> don't say me. that Mox will Mox live Mox me. will live longer than you yes yeah so yeah. I, just, I have to go to the next generation yeah yeah of coattails to ride <laughs> that's kind of our plan as well but then we realized um that you were removing the 2016 from the podcast award and we thought you were more relevant that's true yeah 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 you've been kind my friend yeah i mean i sometimes feel like you're an apple baby the world's greatest con they claim to be las vegas comedy podcast number one you don't do a terrible but it was only 2016 that's that's a moderately good brian brushwood you're doing right now yeah that's uh, that's the first surprised. time I've tried to pull it out. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. It's, al- it's almost as good as your Nick Tangeman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... no, yeah, no. It, <laughs> What's your Nick? <laughs> oh God, Nick's a listener. I feel bad for doing Nick t- my Nick Tangeman. It's done with love, Nick. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, no, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, riding coattails. That's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm Matt. Not I'm. I'm Matt Donnelly's nepo baby. I feel like because yeah. I mm-hmm. <laughs> everything I have is thanks to you. Because <laughs> you just keep saying, "Here's the thing." <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but you do it though, and fast. That's what's great. Mm. I did most, do it fast. <laughs> most artists are not known for their turnaround time. Mm. That's my one yep. selling point. It's 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 not your one, but it's Aww. your top. It's in your it's in it's in the top reasons. <laughs> you know, so I appreciate yeah. it. And you're the logo. You did a you did a Matt Donnelly My Noodler Neon logo on black. Yes, mm. yes, for your people tour. People love that. People love that. really. Yeah, that was th- completely a test. And I ran it as a, should... my background in my and uh, shows that where they wanted a projection. I ran it as my background mm. on this last oh, tour. Oh, nice! Yeah, I yeah. know that Joe would use I... it for the t-shirt, and I was really because yeah. I was really happy with it. Yeah, but I'm glad you're getting more use out of it because yeah. I, I like how that came out. 
I was going to say, I thought I saw it as a t-shirt and I want it. <laughs> it is as, uh, yeah, it has our little tour. Jobeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jobeth yeah. Uh, it's an yeah. Elton Magic outfit, that t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, how are you? How are you? I, I started it's my time on late, which we is We can wrap tradition. up if you want. You might be out of hey. curiosities about me. You could be done with me. That's true. You are stuck here until you see. Yeah, <laughs> I have it, to we're here until you need to go, basically. <laughs> It's, there it's, are listeners it's who 5 a.m. in the morning. There are listeners who don't know me. Uh, hello. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but for you guys, for you to get any new information out of me is pretty tough. You kind of know kind okay. of everything about me. All right. All right. I was having a chat <laughs> with a, a friend because um, uh, I've been having rough time mental health wise recently for mm-hmm. the last couple of months. Uh, very much had a breakdown doing a project for Piff. Um, which yeah yeah uh and since and it got me thinking i chat talking to my friend i was was telling them about uh how you put a lot of effort and money into a project which didn't turn out the way you hoped it to go Mm -hmm. and you ended up moving to the virgin islands for <laughs> like a year or something yes i thought you were talking about you yeah. still and i was like wait what no no this is, no, this is, about, this is about you yeah so with with that uh, how how involved how long did it take you to decide that's what you're gonna do it was just uh i i was very depressed and like it was uh, that was a tough time so i yeah i used uh, um i guess the quick version is like my mom died at disney world when i was five and then they gave us money for college uh as like a settlement for like a wrongful death deal um mm. and so therefore i thought that money would be magical because it was infused with my my what the world owed me from taking away my mom, yeah. and I used it to make a TV pilot, an improv TV pilot, and that pilot failed. Because um, turns out people want television shows to be good, um, and so uh, uh, I was dropped out of college, and I was working at home in my hometown, um, and. I was a depressed insomniac, as a matter of fact. And so mm-hmm. I kept coming to work late and people thought I was late because I was hungover. And that to me felt more functional than admitting that I wasn't drinking. I just was depressed and staying up late and just looked like someone who drank all the time. Um, and, you know, it was a ball busting giant restaurant and, all, and my role in it was not a waiter or, or anything. It was a, just I helped run the humidor It was, like, it was during the smoking yeah. craze of the 90s. Um, and yeah. so we had this giant walk in humidor and I managed the humidor at Ashes Cigar Club. And so as a punishment, they would make me run and get everybody breakfast uh, and for the for the morning crew. So if I walked in late, they would just hand me the company car and be like, go. So take everyone's <laughs> breakfast order and go get it. Yeah. And um, and so I was getting uh, these breakfast sandwiches from this bakery a few few blocks away from the restaurant, and um, the guy who was working there goes, "Are you going back to Ashes?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, tell Doug, you know, Tim from Skinny Legs says hi." I said, "What are those words?" He <laughs> <laughs> was like, "Tell Doug, it was a cook that Tim from Skinny Legs, Skinny Legs, uh, says hi." And I went back and I was like, you know, giving everybody's breakfast out, and I was like, "Hey, Tim." says hi from skinny legs and he goes is he back in town 
<laughs> and then I go like, yeah, what's Skinny Legs? And he goes, Skinny Legs is my dad's bar in the Virgin Islands. And I heard bar in the Virgin Islands and my brain was yeah. like, oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, go away. Like, I, you know, if you look, if you, if you find my eighth grade yearbook and please don't, um, <laughs> Like I guess because like cocktail and Tom Cruise made bartending look so super cool, mm. and 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 so um, in my eighth grade yearbook it says like um, uh, uh, like what future plans is like I want to move to Key West and bartend with Mike. Yeah. And Mike was my best friend, and Mike wrote the same thing in okay. his. And we didn't know Key West was known as a good gay hotspot, so people wondered whether Mike <laughs> and I were planning to to get married. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's a weird thing. But I've had this like thing from when I was a kid that'd be really cool to bartend mm-hmm. on an island, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I uh, was like, your dad owns a bar in the Virgin Islands, and he goes, yeah. And I go, could I work there? And I just said it like right <laughs> away. And he was like, I mean, if you move there during season, I could put a word for you. Yeah, I'm sure you could work there or whatever. And I was like, I think I want to. Mm-hmm. And he was like, like. He was like, okay. And I go, seriously, like, um, can you like give me the weekend? But can I tell you on Monday whether whether I want to do this or not? And he was like, yeah, sure. And that's what I, did. I spent the whole weekend talking to my family, talking to my comedy group about whatever, being like, I yeah. think I want to get the fuck out of here and move to an island and be done with it. And I just thought like, you know, at the time... It wasn't like me being in a bad place it was a mystery. Both of my older brothers tried to get me hired uh, in different in their different fields. Um, one wanted mm. me to move down with him in Maryland and and just live with him until I got on my feet. Uh, my other brother got me an interview and I failed the personality test uh, thing. Like I I aced the interviews and they were like ready to hire me and start Monday. And yeah. they were like, just take this personality test. It's a formality. And uh, and I failed. I fit the personality of someone who would quit after three months or whatever. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think that so person, it was a good person, it was a good personality. It was test a good then. personality <laughs> test. It was an accurate personality <laughs> yeah. test. Yeah. Um, and so I basically was like, I don't want anyone to feel bad for me, but I need to go away. You know, like I mm-hmm. need to go somewhere uh, and uh, and work some shit out. You know, and uh, so I told everyone I was going to do it, and everyone was like, "That sounds crazy," but if you want to do it, do it. And th- and that also proves like what a low point it was because everyone's like, "Sure." Shake it up, yeah. dude. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so I did. I, I, I came back. I was like, I want to do this. I still have the piece of paper somewhere, but he wrote, he told me everything he knew about St. John, and I wrote it all in this little piece of paper that I had folded yeah. up in my pocket. Um, and uh, and I bought a one-way ticket for like three weeks from then, and I packed yeah. up all my shit, and, I, and my buddy Steve came with me. He said yes, and he came yeah. with me. And so, yeah, I moved down to the Virgin Islands. By the way, never got hired at Skinny Legs. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I moved down there in September. And the funny thing about it was, like, I'm from the Jersey Shore, New Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when it's not season, there's still restaurants open and people still live there and it's mm. still a milling place. Turns out in St. John, largely, like, tourist season is tourist season. And so when I went there, Skinny oh. Legs was closed. Like, I, I just oh, packed up and moved. Just... And... Uh, and it was not a lot was open. Plenty of places weren't open. The one place that was open was Maho Bay Campground, um, and it was still off season. So what they had was was called a four hour work program, where if you you can live on the resort as long as you work for four hours a day, helping to mm-hmm. maintain the resort. And it was an eco resort. Uh-huh. They recycled their glass. They recycled all kinds of stuff, and they had you know rainwater collection. It was like this whole eco resort 
thing. Hmm. And so we heard about it. And so we showed up there. We're like, hey, can we live here and work here until we figure out what's going on? And you're like, well, this program is the thing that people apply to like months and years in advance because oh, they no. are passionate environmental people who want to help change the world with economic structure, ecological structures. And I was like, uh, right, but can we work here or no? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And I remember I, they're like, well, if you stay here for, you can certainly check in. We have, we have tents available eco tents available for you know for a night stay and um we can interview you and we can work it out from there and so i put down a credit card that was absolutely uh uh not valid uh, like oh i just was a maxed out credit card from all yeah. my debt that i was like sure mm-hmm. and they're running it in their little carbon paper thing to put it down no, as a deposit okay. yeah and so i turned to see if it was like we have to get hired because that credit card will not go through yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we charmed them, you know, whatever. And the big thing was that we uh, were taking a tour or whatever. And we, they brought us by this, the clock in area, employee area. And we saw a talent show sign up. And we said, Oh, you guys have talent mm. shows here. And I said, Yeah. I go, We do a two person improv show. We'll do a, a show for you guys. Uh, and we, and they're like, Oh, great. And we signed up. And the talent show was before <laughs> our checkout date. Oh. Um, so my buddy Steve and I put on the freaking show of a lifetime we mm. crushed it and the audience went wild and the staff went wild and we said to the guy who was running the program we said you know if you guys hire us on staff we, we could do this for you every week Yeah. and they were like oh my gosh and because of our comedy show they hired us and then yep. they never ran that credit card <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so we got out of that um, yeah. And then that's it. I worked at Maho Bay Camps as a housekeeper. And uh, yeah. my buddy worked at Steve in the maintenance department. And I bartended two times a week for extra money at Margarita Phil's. Not Margarita Phil's. <laughs> oh. Margarita yeah, yeah. Space Phil's, like right out of The Simpsons. Uh, I worked for Phil Hoffman. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what I'm hearing is when my breakdown happens fully, the only reason why I can't follow in your footsteps is because basically Apple Pay and Tap and Pay exists now instead of carbon yes. yeah, credit very cards. Hard to, very hard to con people in the modern times with yeah. the old uh, Maria, right. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, there, there goes that plan. Yeah. What I um, took away from that story was find a person with, find a friend who has a dad who has a bar in Vegas. Yes. Then mm. ask yeah, if yeah, I yeah. can work there. Yeah. I don't know. There's not many bars in Vegas. You might struggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I don't think I ever got closure on this part of the story either. Uh, I think this was while you were still in the Virgin Islands. Um, an attempt to grow magic mushrooms on a log in a bathtub. Oh, uh, good call. Um, no, not a log. Um, so my roommate had like a doctorate from like a really out there university where it was like mm. psych- psychedelics and psychedelic studies and things like that. You know, he knew all of the chemical <laughs> properties and what worked for what and all these weird studies that people had done with psychedelics. And in the British Virgin Islands, mushrooms, uh, just like I believe in England, mushrooms are not illegal. Psychedelic mushrooms are not illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they're mm-hmm. wet and they have a little bag that says for scientific purposes on them or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but in uh, the British Virgin Islands, uh, not illegal. So they grew there. And so mm-hmm. um, not me, but my roommate um, okay. canoed or Allegedly. kayaked. <laughs> Allegedly kayaked. He dumped a bunch of the 
you know, psilocybin filled cow shit into a garbage bag, mm-hmm. loaded onto his uh, kayak. Couldn't have been a pleasant journey. Uh, no. Kayaked it back to our uh, our campground, and uh, yeah, we actually uh, re- we we actually gave these little eco huts that everyone just built little things onto. So we gave up our shower. Yeah. You know, because there was a, there was a staff shower section, uh, yeah. picture like mash, um, and uh, <laughs> and and so we gave up our private shower to grow mushrooms. So we uh, we took up the floor and put the cow shit down, and he would uh, cook yep. all these nutrients off into yeast to get it going, and he would pack it and turn it into cow shit soil and grew mushrooms. I did none of the heavy lifting; I just did the consuming okay. of mushrooms. But it actually worked. It did. Doing no, it in we, the shower. Yeah, okay. we grew it. Yeah, that's thing. We had a shower, so we could water it. Yeah, and and so yeah. There we go. That's another one for the pros con- column. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There we go. So yeah, so, yeah. We grew we grew our own magic mushrooms in our bathroom. That yeah. part is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was never sure if it actually worked or not, or if multiple trips had to be. They kept, weren't as they weren't as made. strong as as stateside uh, mushrooms that people brought in mm. for their vacations and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. it, it was still fun. It, it did the <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. Diet mushrooms. Diet diet <laughs> mushrooms. Mushrooms light. Yeah. Yes. Mushrooms yeah, yeah. max. Now yeah. half the tripping yeah. qualities. <laughs> yeah. Double the effort, half the tripping qualities. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. You d- don't put that on the package as well for scientific purposes. <laughs> <laughs> for scientific purposes, it's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, do you have a favorite project that you've ever worked on? Do you have one that stands out in your mind that you're like, that was that was the that was the time for me that I enjoyed the most doing something creative. You know, I, I've done so many things that were like artistically successful but never financially successful, right? Um, yeah. You know, like we did after that produce like a movie. I really had fun making that making a uh, a movie. I've done a couple of movies. I've done a decent amount of like independent films of playing small parts and large parts where I really enjoyed. Mm. I do enjoy, I do miss being an actor. I did enjoy acting. Um, but the Neutrino video projects is probably the biggest, coolest thing I was a part of. Um, mm. And it's only because it was born out of this weird necessity. And I was, I was the, um, the butterfly that flapped its wings on it. I didn't do any of the heavy lifting theme of everything we're talking about, right? Um, uh, but I, w- w- there was this cage match thing. There was this cage match show in New York where different teams would take each other on, different improv teams would take each other on, the audience would vote for it. And Neutrino was a group that existed before I joined it. I was added to that group. Ah. Um, and, and they were notorious for doing crazy shit for their, because you were allowed one timeout during it. And so... Oh. They would do crazy shit in their timeouts, like sh- shave someone's head, or you know, whatever <laughs> they they call timeout and play a song from the latest album and say they're not they're not improv people, they're musicians, and they put out songs <laughs> and stuff. And so they did all these crazy things, and then I joined, and they didn't. Uh, we were just doing cage matches like every other team. We were just trying to do good shows, and yeah. Uh, we never won because they would come and they'd watch us and another team would, and it was just about, oh, it's just about who brings more votes or whatever. And so it was one rehearsal. I just said, you know, you guys have a rep for being crazy and outlandish in cage matches. It's like how I knew of this group. And when I was told I was joining this group and being added to this group, I was excited. Um, I know it's been a minute, but like, can we do something fun for cage match instead of doing this? you know, whatever. And we're coming up with all these kind of ideas and all of them were a little crazy and nothing was confirmed. But then 
we thought about trying to do like a, a movie, like the idea of doing a movie outside the theater that people were watching inside the theater instantly mm. was so exciting to us. And at the time, this is the '90s, so the, the, the technology wasn't like in our pockets like it is now. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so was, my buddy Bob yeah. worked for the news, local news, and so we're like, can we borrow or quote unquote borrow a news van? Can we actually <laughs> like broadcast to a signal that would, you know, whatever? And we we're like researching all this stuff, and it was my buddy Ptolemy. Um, who's, who's a pretty, he was actually, he's in the latest Barbie movie and he's in a bunch of mm. TV shows and stuff. He's, he's done well for himself. Um, yeah. he was the one who realized that like, wait a minute, if we all go out and shoot three minutes outside of the theater and run our tapes back in at the same time, nine minutes runs on the screen and therefore we have six minutes to plan the next thing before it has to be <laughs> in the theater. Yeah. And at first we were like, what? And he literally had to break out like a color-coded thing where he was like three yeah. little three-minute increments equal nine minutes on the screen. And yep. we're like, and as soon as like he showed us this like color-coded thing, we were like, oh, holy shit. We're going to fucking, <laughs> this is going to fucking fuck shit up. Um, and it did. Like we haul, my, my, my buddy Ptolemy had the biggest TV. So we like would haul it into the trunk mm. of a cab to bring it to the UCB theater. <laughs> and we ran it on tapes with like from Canon shooting and we'd run the tapes into the theater, yeah. you know, and we started grabbing people from the audience and yanking them out and grabbing different things and getting people to guest or just, you know, letting the homeless population at the time participate as they wanted to, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. but filming us running around New York and in between cabs and, you know, popping into restaurants that everyone recognized was right on the corner and all these restaurants feeling like it was yeah. cool that, that we got to utilize, uh, that they were being advertised or whatever in the, in the, in the big comedy theater. Um, I just remember the first night we did it cause it took that three minute span and we learned later on to like stall or couch that three minute span by, by doing more things in the theater. But at the time we just came mm. up with this crazy logo and we just let it play for three minutes and three minutes in a theater is an eternity. And people were like, are they going to make us watch? Cause our, our show slot was 30 minutes long, you know? Oh, and a buzzer goes off. You weren't allowed to go over. I think it was like mm. probably, I think it was actually 25 minutes. Um, and the logo just started spinning and, and the audience was like, shit, this weird ass neutrino group, are they just going to make us watch this turning logo <laughs> for three minutes? What is this Andy Kaufman <laughs> shit? And then the first scene popped up and it was us outside at a deli around the corner and the crowd just roared, just mm. exploded. And then they were just laughing and applauding the whole thing. And we don't know, we're outside. So we don't know if it's working. Yeah. We don't know if it's happening. We're just running on the streets trying to film scenes as fast as possible. And then we run in and we, when it's all done, you get to watch the last, like you get to watch the last six minutes of it. Mm. And so when we all return into the theater, we got, and like the lights are off and the screen is on, but everyone just couldn't believe that we're coming in and sitting down. And that was making them go like, yeah. what the hell? And then they watched <laughs> us watch our last scenes on the screen. <laughs> And they just everyone lost their minds, and, that, that's and they just some meta shit. Yeah, and it just made people just go like, "Holy shit!" And I was a part of like, I was a part of one of the hippest, coolest things happening in the comedy scene in New York City, 
and it, yeah. we made the cover of Time Out New York. You know that show yep. brought us to every comedy festival all over the country. That mm-hmm. festival, that form, because we would teach it. Uh, got me flown to Columbia. I taught in Columbia. My buddy Kurt taught in wow. Germany. Like it just, uh, we did Edinburgh. We met, and, and after that, we met with BBC. We met with NBC. We met with ABC. We met with every channel wanted to be like, this could be anything. And we were like, we agree. This could be anything, which is yeah. the weakest pitch in the world. And so no TV <laughs> yeah. show ever if happened. If it can be anything, it can be nothing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so it never hit any kind of monetary success, but but what it did at the time to in New York and like what people thought of it and to be in that show was something, you know. Yeah. Dan Greger, who's like uh, was like one of our first cameramen, is now you know it's Rachel Bloom's husband, and he's like now like a producer <laughs> of all these things. He's yeah. written a ton of movies and mm-hmm. and produces yeah. shows and and wrote for you know How I Met Your Mother and everything. And mm-hmm. he was our camera guy, you know, like it was yeah. really cool. It, tra- it attracted yeah. a lot of absurd talent. It was a really cool time. Yeah. Um, still, still friends, still friends, or did you reach yeah, out? Yeah, sometimes I mean, like, you, you know, have... Kurt, okay, Kurt Braunler is, uh, you know, was the neutral. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he's, he's still yeah. doing his thing. And <laughs> Ptolemy, I don't know so what your Brogan's thing laughing. is. Yeah, Brogan's laughing at me at Kurt. <laughs> the time oh. that I met Kurt. <laughs> did not go yeah, well? No. Uh, yeah, I was, I was uh, it was at um, uh, Hot Tub, and I had a ah. few too many cocktails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you yeah. say to Kurt? Oh, <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> I like this story tell it I think it was something along the lines of I, I know Matt Donnelly <laughs> it does not open it, a lot of doors is... does not open no, a lot of no, doors no 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 <laughs> and then Kez was like oh we listen to the podcast and of course Kurt's thinking His I do podcast, podcast. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yeah it wasn't wasn't great time <laughs> He, no, Neutrino, he wasn't happy to see us. Neutrino was um, uh, one of the people, like Bob Wilfong, who was actually Daily Show correspondent for a little while. Uh, mm. Kurt Brunner, Ptolemy, who I just mentioned was in, in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Westworld and all that stuff. Westworld. Um, Jess Allen, who writes um, on a bunch of TV shows, Night Court and things like that. Um, and Rebecca Johnson, who did Glow and was mm. my best man yeah. at my wedding and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a really cool collection of people. Um, even my buddy, Steve Buck, who did a bunch of movies and just hung it up and wanted to be a teacher, you know, yeah. we, but there's, it was a great amount of talent and I'd been on an improv group from college and we still, you know, those people are still some of my closest friends. I always said like, we believed in like group mind and we really did have like a group mind. We could see the space mm-hmm. the same and attack the stage and share our mind. And, and it was really so cool to create that way um but neutrino i said it was a bunch of sled dogs of alpha dogs and we're all like <laughs> stuck on these chains with each other but we all yank and pull in different directions yeah and that's what it always felt like to create with neutrino and i and i loved yeah. it it was a totally different environment but it was such a fun time so yeah i think that probably is probably one of the coolest things i got to be a part of i have a huge amount of respect for you doing improv because improv is hard <laughs> Improv, improv, improv is really hard. Improv is hard, but that's what draws you to it. I mean, for people like me, and there's a lot of people like me who are obsessed with it, and and, we're, and that's actually like why I'm so thankful I found magic is because I actually had, you know, sucked the marrow of my obsession of improv, <laughs> and it was down to nothing. You know, there's really nothing functional for me to explore with improv. That all of a sudden magic opened up this, this new world, and I didn't realize how much my brain needs to be obsessed with something to kind of be mm-hmm. functional, uh, and so switching to magic was great but uh improv i always say the drug of it is not being funny on the spot the drug of improv is being consistently funny on the spot Mm. that's what you're chasing 
is like yeah. I can I can always show up and be funny without planning it. Like that's mm. sounds so arrogant to say, yet that's what we're all secretly <laughs> chasing, you know. <laughs> yeah. See, I I like improv in the sense uh, I I don't think uh performing improv is of any interest but i like to do things that uh just like improvised at the moment with like friends and things yeah. like that well that's really what really makes it so attractive is that i think when you're being funny in improv it feels like that it feels like you're being funny mm. with your friends and that's why ice cream social exists was i was like i'm having kids yeah i can't go out and do improv every night of the week like I did in New York um, and even like doing a lot of nights like is it sitter worthy like is it worth paying you know 50, 60, 70 dollars yeah. just to make up jokes with my friends yeah so I was like but I can joke around with Paul at whatever hours we choose and mm-hmm. I get to do bits and, and do funny things with him um, I miss doing the amount of shows we used to do even just doing monthly shows I feel like mm-hmm. our show improves I feel like Ice Cream Social Podcast improves when we do live shows together yeah. I feel like I feel like that playfulness residue stays on us a little longer, and I feel like through the pandemic we lost a lot of that. Um, yeah, and so while we're still funny, I think we're playing less characters and doing less running bits, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so um, I felt like I feel like we've had like real pep in our steps since episode one thousand, since we did that live show mm. in Pittsburgh. I feel like our our season two, quote unquote, has been. Uh, off of the bang I've been really enjoying our, yeah. our, our podcasts mm-hmm. I think that was a big shot in the arm uh, getting together and being funny for that long in person mm. helped yeah yeah how do you feel about the season 2 uh, ice cream social theme music theme uh, I, I thought it was going to be a bit for two episodes but now I guess it's uh, Jacob's yeah. du jour uh, so because of yeah. it I think, I think I'm getting better at using it um, yeah now, now that I've, it's past its bit period and now it's just part of it, yep. I have to be okay with yep. it. Um, for it me personally, me every time it plays, it throws me too. I mean, uh, I chose the theme music, so I definitely, when it's not the music I chose, take that microphone. Um, <laughs> yeah, microphone abuse. Uh, I, I, I like the surf rock version for a reason, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I'll, I'll ride with it. I, you know, people think it work on it. I can't knock it. So I'll, uh, I I don't know how I don't know how often we'll keep using those those new versions, yeah. but we'll see. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> not that we don't I, not that we don't like I it. I understood the subtext yeah. you were laying down when you laid it yeah. down. Yeah, it's just cool. not my. I'm not in charge of it. Yeah. Uh, how, how looking back on the Twitch bucket show. Uh, do you, do you see that? How, how how do you see that as uh, look? Do you do you think it's a more of a success or something that could have I think it was an artistic, into something more? I think it was an artistic success. It just lacked uh, the monetization that it could have been. You mm. know, yeah. Um, we didn't know what you know Amazon subscribe money would be and that kind of stuff but you know having brent mckay as a warm-up guy making it feel like an event happening for the net um really kind of making the improv show shaped towards the audience not just they get to watch an improv show which is why i don't enjoy people would say are you gonna twitch the bucket show when paul and i get together and do a live show and i'm like it's not the same being to being able to observe a live event versus actually being online and having entertainment geared towards you um Mm -hmm. is different so i loved it uh, I love what we were trying to do. I love yeah. the balance we have with studio audience and people watching at home. 
um, if it paid anything, it would have been yeah. so fun and so successful. Um, yeah. But at the end, it was just a bunch of people donating their time, and that's just going to burn out. Yeah. Like so many other endeavors, that's just the, like, it's, you know, there's so many times where you just try things. There's a new format, right? Like people, TikTok came yeah. around, people who never became famous became TikTok famous, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's that time you have to find out whether you're magical or not. We could have been Twitch celebrities. We could have been the next big Twitch yeah. thing. We didn't know. We could try. Maybe it might have been it. Yeah. I thought we did a much yeah. better job putting it forward than, than other people who tried improv on Twitch. I thought we did cooler yeah. things. I thought we had a cooler set. To be fair, I don't know of any other improv on Twitch. I haven't heard of any other improv on Twitch, so yeah, it was just in the last the last flare in the in the emergency canon of can I try to do improv for a living, and I think mm. Twitch Twitch was that last flare. I think yeah. I think I'm I think I'm done trying to make money doing improv. I've taken yeah. a lot of shots. I've taken more shots. I sound like Trump right now. I've been a lot of shots. Yeah. A lot of shots. Um, <laughs> uh, more shots than anyone. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> No, I um. And yours are the best shots. <laughs> no, like my college money was nineteen. Trying to do a TV show mm. then, did a green screen TV pilot. Then Drew Carey ended up doing a green screen TV pilot. Yeah. I could be mad at that, except that his failed also. Yeah. Um, you know, I did try to improv movie. We did the Neutrino Video Project. Pitched that. That brought us to every office, every entertainment office in the in, in the English speaking world. Um, mm. And nothing happened. You know. Uh, tried the the Tarot Lounge show here in Vegas. Got into Wayne yeah. Brady's show. Like I've I've really 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 tried to find a way to make Twitch some kind of compelling monetizing thing. And and yeah. it's not to say like there are groups like there is a there is a Improv Shakespeare is is now like a thriving thing where people get paid for their shows and and it is a thriving mm-hmm. thing that people love. Um, there are other examples of things like that where people picked up on a themed thing. I've always wanted to bring back the Neutrino Video Projects, but not because because now because it's in everyone's pockets and everything like that, it's so possible. When we were doing it, it was so impossible. Yeah. But I would love to do it during uh, October, and I'd love to do instant Halloween movies. I think make people mm. come out of the audience, make them be zombies, make them be murder yeah. victims, and do and do kind of cool comedy comedy Halloween movies is something that mm. I think would work in Vegas and I think it would help. Mm. So I guess I said I was done and I just told you I'm not done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I clearly have one more in the chamber that I'm willing Breaking to explore. News. You heard it here, um, for, here first, folks. Yeah. But Matt I think, Donnelly announces new October. One Neutrino more video. Go. <laughs> one more go. <laughs> I, think, I think it would work. I think it would work. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still proud of everything. I, I love it. I, yeah. I, 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 I think uh, my relationship to improv is is this well explored, nurtured mm. thing. The only re- the only regrets I have is I never wrote a book. There's still time, Matt. There's still time. Yeah, yeah I gotta I, write what, the book. What, what, what? Uh, Bull what, Matador can... is the name of the scene technique I invented that I taught <laughs> everywhere uh, that I learned by doing the Neutrino Video Projects. I like to teach. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole improv curriculum that I came up with in New York that I'm still proud of that I would love to publish. Oh, so it's an improv book, not just yes. like your memoirs no, no, of no, no, your no, time no, no. in improv. No, 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 fuck that. Um, but <laughs> okay. uh, so no, I thought ooh. I thought it would, if anything, I thought you'd call it the Donnelly Harold. No, but that would be in the book under a different name. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. it would be in there. Um, but uh, no, <clears throat> so yeah, no. There's a whole bunch of improv technique and improv form work and stuff like that that I'd love to publish that I think the improv world could still use now. That I should write. Yeah. So, and you, these, these are. This is not like uh, a magician saying, "I came up with this trick." You, these are 
you reckon this is your philosophy on yeah improv? i mean if, any, if anything like there's some people that still teach bull matador sometimes they call me and ask me to give me credit and i just say if you give me credit great but i'm not teaching right now so you know i'm mm-hmm. glad you are go for it um the one that got ripped off like everyone teaches everybody like that people have tried to teach it to me and i was like bitch i came up with that um, yeah <laughs> is a uh, hist- history philosophy metaphor where I teach people to um, uh, to open up their characters by expressing their history, their philosophy, or making a metaphor about their beliefs or or wants, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was too good that it just took off and everybody started teaching it to each other. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I should be happy that it's just out in the world. I've improved improv, but yeah, I guess sometimes yeah. sometimes the guy wants credit. Yeah. You know, you, you've made it. You've made a call, difference. And call me a cunt if if you know? nothing. Else. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot! I just broke. Oh, I broke the only rule. Oh, that was, I think, well, yeah. I think we have to end it then. If you've, you've said the cunt, yeah. Oh, now I'm saying it. Oh god damn. Yeah. Cunt. Uh, just for, for there we go. Three for three. Rule of threes. Yeah. Uh, there's two things that have rule of threes. One of them is comedy, and the other is a Super Mario Brothers boss fight it's always hit it three times and it's dead <laughs> like my fucking head <laughs> we're just hitting everything today yeah yeah uh, all right so gotta, at least go on no i was gonna say i gotta, I gotta go soon mm-hmm. yeah no I, I think we'll wrap up anyway okay yeah um but yeah at least uh improv artistically is a success for you so yeah absolutely no no it is the my body of work as an improv teacher uh, and, and some of my work as a performer is very satisfying and it feels good to have accomplished those things in my life for sure. Yeah. And it's given yeah. you a good base uh, for the magic thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's my superpower among mm. magicians yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a leg up, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've, you've got something that most other magicians don't have. No, I did a show the other night and I just... It went very well and um, and it was very all over the place and I was messing with everybody and it was so improv based and um, the, the owner of the magic venue immediately like as soon as the show was over and it was like great so when you come back we'll have to do whatever and just instantly it was like the most fastest I've been invited back to play yeah. a magic venue and I was yeah. like oh this is great but yeah no no yeah I wanted so to go a little the, off the rails did the t-shirt cannon trick was that has that did that go on this tour or yes it did it did <laughs> it did how did it go? Can I ask that? Very well. Uh, first, oh, good. At first, not well at all, but then very well. <laughs> uh, it improved okay. as the turbinon, but no, no, it's going to be something. I hope I hope it's going to be when you come see me at Foolers Live, Foolers, FoolersLive.com. Sign up, get on the list. When you come see the Foolers Tour, I think you'll see it in the show. That's the That's goal. That's good, yeah. I think it's going to be in the show. Because yeah. I had a card stab routine in there and it felt small in those big theaters. And the t-shirt mm. cannon trick is a big trick. Yeah. So I think it's going to be good. So how much research and development was put into this? Because, I mean, you, thinking of Penn and Teller, Piff the Magic Dragon, the amount of time and money that they will sink into a trick to get it to work. I think this is on par with that. <laughs> really? Uh, I think I've, I've been thinking about it for about since season five of Fool Us. So yeah. it's been oh, in my geez. brain for that long. I've debated yeah. on numerous episodes of Africa Babble with different people. Yeah. I've tried different versions. I was using a prop that Ryer Appledorn built for me years ago. Mm. Uh, mm. He's now rebuilding for me. 
So that those those are that's research and development there. I had to get yeah. a different prop built for it, something that's supposed to look normal that isn't normal, and so that <laughs> got built for it. Uh, that's expensive. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then it costs. You know, it costs at least a t-shirt to do. <laughs> yeah. Each time I do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, no, I. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's it's the most expensive R and D uh, trick I've done. Yeah, so more expensive than a pack of baseball cards. Yes. More expensive than the um, the poster board. Uh, yeah. Well, those fish, those fish, they yeah. they must add up. The fish do add up, and yeah. yet when I see them for sale, I buy them. I've got like eight in my garage. Oh, yeah. But I'm now, but I'm up to using four a show. Good. Yeah. At so, least you're using them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think my so, wife even knows how much they are. Otherwise, she'd be like, "What?" <laughs> you found them in the attic, Matt. You it's found them in, in the attic. And the guy who makes them is in Russia. I don't know if I can even buy them from him anymore. Oh no, <laughs> Ryer, Ryer, we need to use the alarm to make fish. I've had oh, Ryer's been doing wall. prototypes of different types of fish for me for a long time too. Oh. We've been, we've been of looking course at all he kinds has. Of fish. Yeah, yeah. Of course he has. The war is affecting stateside. It's, it is. It's terrible. It's affecting my act. Yeah. Root. So anybody who can, because me and Brogan can't, fooleslive.com, sign up and go see the show because you'd be able to hold that over us. You'd be like, guess what, Brogan? Guess what, Wayne? We got to see Fooler's Live. We got to see a t-shirt cannon magic trick and it was great. Yeah. Do it. And then uh, you can on their social media be like, when are you coming to? And just put your country or your town or whatever. Just do it that way. Start start the demand. Exactly. When are you coming to the Perth Comedy Festival? Exactly. Mm. Well, thank you for um, coming on to our 100th episode, which we only mentioned at the top of the show and never again. Oh, right. 100. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me and making me 100. It makes you feel special. Thank you. Thank you for coming on so, and spending time yeah. with us. We you love and support mm. you. Well, I love mm. and support you too. Thank you so much. Aww. Yeah. Well, you have to. You're our podcast dad, so that's right. That's right. Fa- I'm not, fatherly support. I'm not has, going out for a pack of smokes. I'm still here. I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, you could turn that into a magic trick, though. If you disappear for ten years and then reappear, that would be a pretty good reappearance. All right, I'll run it by my kids. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, I've. I mean. The professional way to do this would be to say, "Hey Matt, where can people find you on social media?" Even though I'm, we know uh, it all. at Mind Noodler, Mind Noodler at uh, on Instagram, and I'm at Sweet Matty D on Twitter or whatever it's called now. Yep, X and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you on Threads? Are you on Threads at all? No, I'm not going to replace no. Twitter with anything. If Twitter goes away, no, no, no one's I'm on just Threads. Let it's it just go me. away. It's just I, me. I don't want more social media. I want less social media in my life. Yeah, uh, but if you do, if you are interested in what, if if you don't know what Ice Cream Social is, Madam Mangley's Ice Cream Social, check that out, that out as well. If you're interested in magic, check out Mind Noodler. Uh, you've got a Patreon still as well, Patreon.com yeah, forward slash Mind Noodler. Yep, that's the yep. one. Cool. Yeah, check check that out. Check it out. Um, but uh, yeah, you can also follow us on all the social medias including threads uh <laughs> at nice pod bud everywhere social media exists that's what that we're known as and um you can that's find Brogan and talk to them directly as well what's that that's, that's a good handle nice pod bud <laughs> is a good one that's nice oh good yeah i always nice. worry that it's going to get confused for some sort of uh marijuana podcast when it's nice pod bud because you're talking pods yeah, and buds yeah, and yeah. nice so get through that yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> but when you have Matt uh, and Matt but, and his ice cream social and you're like, we should have a Twitter, you go like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Well, Hate Scoop sort Nothing. of came hey, out of uh, it was. Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, the, that was that the well. solve. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. There's another at for you, at Hey Scoops on social medias. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can talk to us directly. Brogan is at 7 billion needles. That's the number seven and the words billion and needles. And Ween is at Ween Geo. Mm. Uh, but yeah, thanks again, Matt, for coming, stopping by. And thanks for stopping by and having a listen. You got it. As always, stay fresh, cheese bags. Mm.